welcome to the ParaUnity Podcast. Tonight, we have with us Justin Neville from Southern Paranormal Hunters based out of St. Joseph, Tennessee. But before we bring Justin on, let's talk a little bit about St. Joseph. The sleepy little Tennessee town is a city in Lawrence County, Tennessee, with a population of 787 people. There's 342 households and 247 families residing here. The city's boundaries stretch northeastward towards the outskirts of Loretto and southward towards the Tennessee-Alabama state line. It's also intersected by both the Little Blue Water Creek and U.S. Route 43. The St. Joseph area was settled by German Catholic immigrants in the early 1870s. These settlers established St. Joseph Catholic Church is still home to the Catholic parish. By the late 1880s, St. Joseph had about 25 houses, a school, and a store. Nothing paranormal has been documented in this week's little host city, but there are some pretty significant locations nearby. Traveling within hours west in Tennessee, you come to the battlegrounds of Shiloh. The 1862 Battle of Shiloh meant death for thousands of soldiers, several of whom are rumored to still haunt the battlefield. Many tales and legends surround the battlefield, and visitors may see apparitions and hear phantom gunshots, drumming, footsteps, and voices. The nearby pond is said to occasionally turn red, a phantom repeat occurrence from the blood of the dead soldiers and the horses who once lay in that water. Heading a little northeast from Shiloh, you get to Clifton, Tennessee. Here, a ghost of a man in white roams the wooded area and the field behind the library branch. Heading south into Alabama, you come to the Second Creek Bridge in Elgin, Alabama. Here, urban legend tells of a man who was hit by a car and killed while walking across this bridge. His spirit has been seen wearing a white zoot suit, and he may try to catch a ride with you to Florence. If you agree to give him a ride, witnesses say he'll mumble something about his trumpet and then disappear. Now help me welcome to the ParaUnity Podcast, Justin Neville, for a first-hand look at some great haunted locations and some insight into the science of paranormal investigations used in St. Joseph, Tennessee. Justin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm glad you were able to get on the show here. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) First thing before we get started, um, looking over some of your guys' information, I saw that you are an Army veteran. I always make sure to say thank you for your service. I appreciate that. I uh, actually um, retired in 2016 on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't a really happy birthday for me. I, it was. Um, you know, I retired before I wanted to. Um, they actually gave me a call and uh, asked for my email and did. I was like, you know, well, you know, what what's this for? And they was like, oh, we're sending you uh, your retirement orders, and I'm like, what? I feel like he couldn't have waited like a couple of more days after my birthday. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to lie, I, I probably cried on and off for, for three days. Um, it's kind of like they like stripped my life away from me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you put your heart and soul into it. Yeah. I retired with 18 and a half years, so I didn't get my full 20. But uh, it was it was due to a surgery that I had, so you know, it, it was either had that surgery or it was a neck surgery, or possibly, you know, be paralyzed. Yeah, and that that's that makes it really tough when you have to 
You know, you have to give up what you really love doing because you have to have something done. Right. And, you know, after the surgery, I was still able to do the training and stuff like that. But, you know, after having a disc removed out of my neck and they put a titanium plate and screws in my neck, then I became a liability to the Army is how they saw it. Yeah. So they forced me into retirement. (laughs) But, I, you know, I look at it this way. God has other plans for me. You know, that, that part of my life that chapter is is complete so you know now i'm just move on to bigger and better things whatever god has planned for me yep and part of that that we've of course is why you're here tonight you're investigating paranormal activities so justin what got you interested in the paranormal well as far back as i could remember um three years old um seeing things, uh, talking to things, um, you know. And, of course, you know, being that young, I was scared to death. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, as as it happened more frequently, I, I guess you would say just I became a, immune to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so used, used to it happening, it was like, Okay, so it's happening again. And now, you know, what? I, I don't get scared on any investigation that I go to. Um, I just don't see a point in it. Uh, but that's really what got me into this, because I know there's other people out there that have paranormal activity happening at their home, and they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the calling that we all have. Right. So, you know, if I can help people, why not? Because me personally, I think that's why I was put on this earth, was to help people. So that's what I want to do. Well, it, it makes perfect sense, especially being in the military. I mean, that's the point of them is protecting and serving other people. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not why I, I did this. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um, how long have you been investigating? Eleven years. Okay, so quite quite a while. Quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh, there's times it, it really takes a toll on me. Oh yeah, I <laughs> I have been there. Believe me. So now, when we were talking earlier, you were saying that you you had. You had a little bit of a gift, correct? Correct. I have several. Okay. You, now you won't ever you won't ever see it on my page or even on my personal page because it's not. You know, you have a lot of people out there that just broadcast it all the time. Sure. And I'm I'm just I'm not one of those people. Um, you know I I use my gifts more so on investigations um, because to me my gifts are are from God. God gave me these gifts yep. to help people. So, you know, one of one of them, you know, I'm an empath. I'm also a sensitive. Uh, I, I feel what other people feel but I also can do it with animals. 
and I can also do it with nature. Okay. Yeah, that that definitely would help in this type of field. Yeah, it, it does a lot. Um, but I I also am a healer. Um, now that one I can't use whenever I want it. Um, but when somebody needs energy or, you know, getting pepped up, like on an investigation, if they're getting drained or attacked, uh, you know, that's when I can step in and then I'm able to use it for some reason. Okay. It's like God only wants me to use it, that ability, when it's needed. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, though, that makes sense. Because, you know, you don't want to go around just, you know, amping everybody up all day long. Exactly. (laughs) And and I'm sure with a lot of people that I've talked to that kind of have that kind of have these types of gifts, you know, using using them takes a lot out of you. So, I mean, it it does. It does a lot. So, I mean, that's definitely, you know, point proven right there. You don't want to be running around you know, giving off your energy to other people because you'd just be dragging around all day. Right. And see, with me being an empath and picking up on on other people, it's really hard for me to, like, go to a, a bar or big crowds um, because when I do, it's like you hear everybody talking and you can literally hear every conversation that's going on and then you start picking up on uh, what other people are feeling so i've actually learned how to shut myself up because you know one of the things that i like to do is i you know i sing so i have to go to bars sometimes to sing so it's you know i can't just completely shut myself off from the world just because I have these abilities. So I had to learn how to shut myself down and kind of ground myself. So when I am in big crowds, it's not as bad for me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, we we were talking a little bit. You're you're from St. Joseph, Tennessee. What's 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 some good places there to investigate? Oh Lord, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about the surrounding area then? <laughs> the, uh, St. Joseph, Tennessee, is a very small town. Uh, there's like one cafe. There's no fast food places. Uh, there's one gas station. It, it's a very small town. It's, you know, real country. But, of course, I, that's how I like it because I don't like anything to do with big cities. Not living in them anyways. Um, now, you know, about two hours away from me, which it, it shut down now, so nobody can investigate it, which used to be my favorite place to go, and I've been there dozens of times um was uh hell's bar and dam okay and uh there's um right up the road about 25 minutes 
is another place I investigated in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Um, it's the old uh, Lawrence County Jail. It's a museum now. I've investigated that um, in Lynchburg, Tennessee, which is about two hours away from me. There is another old jail that I investigated out there, uh, which actually Johnny Cash is, has been to jail there. Okay. Um, that, that was actually in the log books, and it even showed what he had in his pockets at the time when he was arrested. Huh. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, now, about an hour away from me, um, which is really hard to get in to this place. So we actually had to sit down uh, with the county mayor to get the approval. Um, me and uh, one of my buddies, uh, which has his own team, and it's the War Memorial Building that we investigated, and we've investigated that many of times. Um, I'm trying to think of some other places. Um, there's some other places that I haven't been to, um, like um, Weldon Manor. Uh, there's another team that that's kind of over that one, Gateway Paranormal, um, and they do do a lot of stuff out at Weldon Manor. <clears throat> one of these days, I'll I'll make it out that way. But that's um, that's um, a Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, then there's also an Adams, Tennessee, which is probably over two hours from me. Uh, is uh, the Bell Witch Cave? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are real familiar with the Bell Witch Cave. Oh yeah, yeah. I think everybody in the field knows <laughs> about that. That's. But um, that's. I mean, that, most places in Tennessee got because in the Bible Belt. I, there's a lot of places that claim they're haunted. But then when you call them up and it's like, hey, you know, um, I would like, I would like to do an investigation there, and they turn you down. I can't count how many times that I've been hung up on, um, <clears throat> called a devil worshiper. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask that because I, I know, like you said, you're on the, you're looking at the Bible Belt right there, and. I imagine with how conservative those people are religiously that you get a lot of a lot of uh, doors shut in your face. You do, you do, um, and you know me myself. I'm a very godly person, and I just find it funny that these people don't believe and ghosts and spirits and stuff when, you know, you have the Holy Trinity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and they believe in that, but then, you know, Jesus isn't the only one that rose from the grave. When he rose from the grave, that was his spirit that rose. So, 
when they tell me that they don't believe in ghosts and spirits, I just find it very amusing because <laughs> it's like <laughs> they're out there. And I tell people all the time that tell me, oh, I don't believe in that. And I'll, t- I'll look at them it's like, oh, you will. It's just a matter of time. Something's going to end up happening to you that you can't explain. And then you're going to be calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Save my number. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about your team then. Uh, the team that I have now, um, I started this team up after – I had left, um, I was a co-founder of another team and I ended up leaving, uh, because there was a lot of drama and, and stuff happening with that team. So I, I don't deal with drama. Yeah. And so I left that team and I started, uh, Southern Paranormal Hunters, uh, at the beginning of, of, uh, 2016 actually. So, uh, we have, as of right now, um, six members, six full-time members and two, three, three part-time members. Okay. And then do you guys, do you guys have like assigned roles like historian, you know, case manager. Uh, well, my soon-to-be wife, um, <clears throat> she's more of like the case manager, secretary kind of thing. Um, then I have two other people that do research. Um, then you have. You have me as the founder. Um, I have one other lead investigator. So, I mean, those those are basically the roles. Sure. Okay. Well, what's what would you say your guys' favorite place to investigate would be? I mean, other than the one that you said got cl- closed down. I mean, what's, what's the one that you can... That used to be my favorite place, but now... Um, at the end of March, uh, some of us actually went out to Iowa and uh, did the Farrar Elementary School. And That's right. I missed you by a day. I was going to meet up with you. Yep, yep. I remember you asking me when I was going to be in Iowa. I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> you're going to miss me by a day. But that's hands down all of the places, and I've been to a lot of really active places, but that's probably the most active place I've been to so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people tell me about the place. What was some of the experiences you guys had there at the school? Uh, on the third floor, uh, we were in one of the classrooms. We were doing a spirit box session. And uh, we were wrapping up. We were like, hey, you know, let's go to the second floor uh, where at the beginning of the night I had already seen three apparitions in just one classroom. So we were going to go down there. So, you know, as we all 
got our gear and everybody else was coming down the stairs and usually I'm, I'm the last one. I usually take the rear from the group. That way, if anything's going to happen, it happened to me because I know how to deal with it a little bit better. Um, and my, my teammate, Hannah, she was, uh, by my side, I thought coming down the steps and I had got to the end of the steps and I turned around and she was kind of hunched over a little bit, holding on to the rail at the top of the stairs. And, uh, you know, I'd ask her if she was all right. She, she had told me, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling too good right now. So I, I rushed back up to the top of the steps. And as soon as I had got up there, down the other end of the hallway, there was a seven foot black shadow figure standing there. And when I saw it, I turned my flashlight on and of course it went away. And I immediately sensed that something bad was about to happen. And I told her, I was like, Hey, we need to get out of this area right now. So. I kind of put my arm around her waist and helped her down the stairs. And, uh, as soon as we got to the second floor <clears throat> and we walked into the one classroom, she just collapsed. Luckily I was still holding on to her, helping her walk. So she didn't hit the floor and we sat her down in the chair and she immediately just started bawling her eyes out. Now she has never done that on any other investigation and you know she has been scratched and there's a one investigation where she felt like she was being choked but never have i ever seen her her ball her eyes out like this ever but she wasn't the only one that was getting attacked that night there were several other females that got attacked and every one of them ended up with them crying Hmm. That's really interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Did any of the guys in your group get attacked? Um, no. Actually, everyone that got attacked, they were, they were all female. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> none of the guys got attacked. But I was very busy that night. Me and and one other woman that has the same abilities as I do, um, we were very busy having to uh, give others some of our energy to pep them back up and to make them feel better. So it, it seemed like every time we turned around, there was somebody else going down and we had to rush and help them. Which yeah, is part like of my yeah, I mean, it, it was a crazy night. <laughs> But I loved it. You know, anytime I go to a really, really active place, I get really excited. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's like getting to see your favorite movie coming to the theater. I mean, you can't help but kind of get right. that real giddy feeling and just you can't get there soon enough. Oh, exactly. I mean, it, it took us 12 hours to drive there. Um, but as soon as we got there, it, it was like I, I was exhausted. But then after we got into the hotel room, it was like 
I'm ready to go because we got, you know, depending on how far we have to drive, like, um, you know, next week we're going to Mansfield and, you know, because it's nine hours, we always get there a day early just so everybody can rest up and everything before the investigation. Oh, absolutely. I know I've, and people that listen to the show know, I've, I have a, mental obsession with edinburgh manor here in iowa it's it's one of the other really haunted places and i do recommend if you guys are traveling back this way you need to check this out we can set something up where i'll come with you and or something and one of the guests on our show is actually the caretaker of the place um oh wow yeah so i mean if you guys come back this way let me know we can try and get something set up but yeah absolutely well we are actually uh, we are actually, um, next year at some point in time, we haven't figured out when, um, we're coming back to Iowa, um, for like four days because, um, we, we didn't know this at the time, but the hotel that we actually stayed in was supposedly built on an old Indian burial ground and it, it was haunted. Uh, you know, we all had our team shirts on and, you know, we had our gear and we were headed out to go to the investigation and, um, the manager had stopped me and she was like, Hey, you know, we actually have stuff that goes on here on the second floor. And I talked to her for a little bit. So we're coming back to Iowa for four days. We're going to do that hotel. We're going to do the Ferrar elementary school again uh privately this time and um we're gonna do uh the Velisca's axe murder house sure <laughs> i had a i had a friend of mine that just did the axe murder house uh within the last month if i remember right and he was saying he was getting some pretty crazy things out of there oh yeah everybody i've talked to that's been there they said they get crazy things that happen there so you guys spending the night in the place or um we haven't decided yet <laughs> more power to you I I'll spend the night anywhere <laughs> it doesn't bother me I mean I've been on investigations where people have died in the bed that I slept in okay you, you know I I know it doesn't bother some people and then other people are like no i'm not doing that shit (laughs) (laughs) but me it don't i mean i've i've seen a lot of craziness throughout my life so it doesn't bother me sure okay well what's your when you're going on these investigation what's your favorite piece of equipment to use um that would be myself okay you know what we have IR camcorders, we have DVR, a DVR system and, uh, EMF pumps and recorders and, uh, spirit box and, you know, all kinds of equipment. But to me, the best piece of equipment is yourself and using your senses and picking up what you're feeling. Sure. Uh, all the, all the high tech equipment is good for the most part, but you know, I have a K2 meter that I use, but 
that's not always accurate because uh, accurate, sometimes it can give a, a false positive. You know, if somebody forgets to put their phone on airplane p- mode and their phone's pinging off a tower, it'll make it go off. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Your body is, isn't, isn't going to give off a, a false positive if you're truly picking up on something. So there's some investigations that I do that, you know, I'll, I might run a spirit box, my recorder, and me, and I won't even break any of the other equipment out. But, you know, I might take a few pictures and, and that's it. Because uh, I like to keep things old school a lot of the times. <laughs> I've noticed that with my guests on the show. Usually if they've been investigating for about a decade or so or longer, (laughs) usually their first reaction to their favorite piece of equipment is either their body or their brain. Yep, yep. (laughs) Now, I know a lot of the newer people to the field uh, that haven't been doing it as long, they're more all about the equipment and stuff like that than you take – me and and people that's been doing it for a long time say I I've run into a lot of people like that too and that we all say the same thing you know either your body or your brain <laughs> yep exactly yeah I've been I've been investigating for 13 years now I actually uh, was looking through some of my old stuff and literally I think it was last week I actually crossed over into my 13th year um, and. That was that was always my big thing is I mean I'm a I'm a tech junkie I love the new equipment and I love playing with it but I try, mm-hmm. I try to use it as more of an enhancement rather than I have to right I'm the same way because I I love I'm kind of a tech junkie too and I mean even right now I'm in the process of building my own uh, uh, portal. And I'm also building my own connect system. Sure. For the, for the SLS camera? Yeah. Um, to me, you know, I see how much people are charging for these things. And then I'll look up online how much I can get all of the pieces to actually build it. And I can build it for more than half the price you know if somebody's selling uh an sls system for like five or six hundred bucks and i've seen some for maybe three but i can build it for around a hundred sure and so it's it's like why would i you know pay somebody for a piece of equipment that i can build myself (laughs) yeah i mean i'm like i said i'm the tech guy through and through i don't i don't experiment into building my own but my team likes to make fun of me because i have a hunting vest an all-black hunting vest that i wear at, at the investigations at all the little, po- <laughs> all the little pockets and yep. little little spots are all full of something and <laughs> that, that, that's funny that you mentioned that because um i know i don't wear the vest but i have one pouch that attaches to my belt and I wear that one on my left side that I put equipment in and then I have another leg piece that comes down and you know buckles around your leg and around your waist that has pockets in it so it it's kind of almost the same thing 
and I wear that all the time too. It, it, it first of all, it frees up your hands when you're not having to carry equipment around that you're not using at that time. You just put it in one of the pockets. Yep. So, <laughs> so I'm the vest guy, and we'll just we'll call you the paranormal <laughs> Batman then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, we were talking a little bit uh, before we got started. Um, next year, you have a charity event you have going on. I, I do. I do. It's uh, We're still uh, – we don't have an exact date yet. We're still um, working with people and trying to get a lot of the things set up before we actually set a date for it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be doing a charity event for uh, St. Jude. Uh, we already have uh, the governor of Tennessee on board, um, and we're going to try to uh, get some uh, country music bands to come out and uh, play for free. We are going to let vendors come out, but we're going to have them sign a piece of paper to where, you know, if they're selling stuff, a uh, portion of what they sell has to be donated. Because uh, I'm not going to let people come to a charity event and make money off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Without without having to donate. Um, <clears throat> and then we're probably going to ask all the vendors that come out to maybe, you know, what they're selling, chip in, you know, two or three items uh, that will auction off so people can, you know, purchase uh, raffle tickets for all of these items, and then a hundred percent of the raffle raffle ticket sales will um, will go to to charity. And we're going to try to uh, get some of the bigger wigs. Um, if I remember correctly, the uh, the main St. Jude office is in New York, <clears throat> so uh, we're going to try to have some of them come out and everything too. So it, it's going to be a, a pretty big event. Yeah, it sounds like it. So I love the fact that you guys are doing this for St. Jude. I guess I'm a little curious on how a paranormal team is got, got involved in, in doing this. I mean, it's really cool. I'm just, I, I want to know more. You know, paranormal teams, most of them are about helping people. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of teams do charity events for historic places to try to raise money to restore these places. Yep. So my thing is, well, why does it have to just be historic places? <clears throat> and um, what, how this actually came about um, was my fiance. Uh, which is on the team, we were sitting on the couch and she was reading this thing. It, it was a lady that she knew um, that had a four-year-old daughter that um, had cancer. And St. Jude was working with her. Well, you know, the four-year-old um, got sent to uh, a hospice and they only gave her 
three or four days to live. And the day she got there, like, she didn't even make it a day. Hmm. Um, so it it kind of it kind of was touching to me. And as she's reading this, it's like I I heard a voice in my ear saying, "Your team needs to do something about this. You need to help out in some way." And hearing this voice say that, I looked at her. I was like, "Hey." Why doesn't the team do a big charity event for St. Jude? And that's really how it came about. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was just I was just kind of curious on how how he got got into it. It's nice to see a team that I mean, don't get me wrong, I I love the fact that they do these fundraisers and stuff, you know, to help their team get more money to be able to do investigations with equipment. Um, right. Or they do the historical societies to help them raise money. But it's nice to see a team that goes out, you know, essentially hunting the dead to help somebody alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's it's just me. I'm, you know, I'm all about helping people the, as much as I can. And, you know, if we if we can raise money to even help just one child survive, then that's one less child dead. So, Yep, I, I completely agree with you. Well, Justin, we're getting close to the end of our time here. Um, how can people get a hold of you guys if they want to contact you? Uh, you can um, look us up on Facebook. Uh, we're under, uh, we have a Facebook page. It's uh, Southern Paranormal Hunters. Um, I, our profile picture, uh, it, we do all camo. We're kind of different than any other team because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like to be different. So, um, but you'll see the logo. It, it has a black shadow figure in crosshairs and it has Southern paranormal hunters, uh, in orange. I don't have, I, I just never had the need to do, um, a web page or YouTube or anything like that. Um, or, you know, we have the page and then we have a group page to where more people go to that to, to share. Yeah. Share their experiences and stuff. Uh, right. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll definitely, uh, or I'll definitely put links up to those on the show notes for this. Um, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else you uh, wanted to share with everybody, Justin? Hey, uh, everybody that's, uh, investigating, stay safe, be respectful. You remember that they were alive at one point in time. So if you wouldn't have respected, if you wouldn't have disrespected them when they were alive, don't do it after they're dead. They're still alive. They're just not in a body. Absolutely. That's a great point to make. Justin, thank you for taking the time tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Yep. You have a good night. Goodbye. All right. You too. Thanks again to Justin Neville with Southern Paranormal Hunters for being our guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Please take a minute to give us a review on iTunes or whatever directory you listen to us on. It means a lot to us and we want to hear your feedback to help make our show a little bit better. My name is Brandon and you've been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together. Perry Unity Podcast.